Let's get right to it. J.C. Carroll, one of the all-time greats, no question, at Utah State, uh, the best to play the game of uh, a basketball for USU and a tremendous professional career as well. And, uh, J.C., we appreciate you taking some time to, to talk to us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And uh, I hope I hope there's uh, only one name on the top of your list since you got me on. <laughs> Well, hey, so you—I'm sure you had a chance to uh, just to follow Sam Merrill and his career, what he did at Utah State. I mean, just what was your impression of what he did in an Aggie uniform? Hey, he had a phenomenal career. I mean, the guy did about everything you could hope a bas- college basketball player would do. Um, he seemed to be great on the court, off the court, and, and of course, everyone knows he, he hit one of the biggest threes in the history of, uh, of Utah State. Um, you know, it's too bad we had the, the COVID year where they didn't get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, that could have been fun to see what they could have done, maybe won a game or two. Um, you know, they had Kata, who was a, a big force inside. We're talking about Sam. Sam was great, obviously. Um, he had a it – was, it was great that he was able to play with such a big defensive presence on the inside, too. Um, you know, that was really a nice one-two punch Utah State had for a couple of years. So what in what ways did Sam remind remind you of him? And I'm sure you're sick of like having the comparisons of JC and Sam over and over again, but I'm going to continue with what were the similarities between his game uh, on the court and your game on the court? Good. You know, in all honesty, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of, of Sam play. Uh, obviously, he was a very good outside shooter. I think that was something that a similarity we had. Um, you know, I had a chance. I was at a barbecue with him uh, a summer ago, and it was kind of funny because he made the comment. He goes, "I think I'm the fourth best three point shooter at this barbecue right now," <laughs> <laughs> which, which was pretty funny. You know, he's sitting there with me and uh, and Brian Green, and I think Tyler Newbold was there possibly, and and Sam. And you know, if you look at the Utah State record books, all four of us have had, you know, three of the the best three-point shooting percentage in the history of the university. And uh, as far as similarities go, I think that's, that's one similarity that, that's really out there, that we were, we were efficient three-point shooters, and we made a lot of them. Huh. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. And uh, certainly Stu Morrill's system, uh, very different than Craig Smith's. Uh, Craig Smith really encouraged a lot of three-point shooting. But you had opportunities to do that too under Stu's system. What was that like, just playing under Coach Morrill, the type of guy that he was, and what he got out of you and, and your teammates? Right, I love Coach Morrill. I love the opportunity he gave me. I, I feel like uh, you know it was a great fit for me. Uh, a very disciplined system. And the thing about Coach Morrill was he was very good at um, worrying about the team first and taking players. And and, find, and knowing what each player did well and creating an offense and opportunities for them to do that one thing well. Um, now, the one thing about Coach Morrill that um, sometimes I wish is I wish sometimes in the media he would have said things like, J.C. Carroll's the best defender I've ever, I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, rather than saying J.C. Carroll can't guard a chair. Uh, those things... Sometimes I look back now, I'm like, you know what? It wouldn't have been much for him to say you know, positive things about me defensively that could have helped me as I was coming out of college trying to get into, um, you know, on NBA teams and things like that. If, uh, 
because I sat back and I watched Dave Rose say things about uh, Jimmer Fredette, who, by the way, wasn't great at defense, but his coach in the media always made sure people knew that they they thought he was a good defender. They just wanted him not to get fouls because they need him on offense so much. But, again, I love Coach Morrill. I feel so so grateful that I was able to play under his system and uh, in an era of Aggie basketball that, that was fantastic. You know, it, it's hard – to win as much as Coach Morrill did. Hey, I uh, I hope you don't mind us going down uh, nostalgia lane here with you. I was having dinner with a few gentlemen uh, a couple weeks ago, and I won't tell you who just in case I get in trouble for telling the story, but I heard a story about you guys being in Long Beach for a basketball tournament, I believe, and you had incredibly sprained your ankle, like really bad. Uh, and uh, either you were feeling adrenaline or you didn't really feel the pain, but it was bulging. And uh, when you were able to get back on the court, Coach Morrill's like went to the individual, I'll leave nameless, and said, "What happened?" And he's like, "Well, I couldn't catch JC." <laughs> uh, can can you confirm that story? Is that true? And how bad was your ankle? Look, it's it's simple. I know exactly who you're eating with if you're talking about this conversation because he's the only guy that ever told me. He's like, he's like, GC, you're the only player that when he got injured, I had to chase him down and find him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is absolutely true. Look, I lived, I had a very fortunate career at Utah State professionally the, uh, when it came to injuries. But the one injury I did have, a number, you know, two or three times at Utah State and probably eight or nine times as a pro was severely sprained ankles. And, you know, I said I see players get sprained ankles and things like this, but uh, when I say severely sprained, you know they're swollen, they're completely black and blue, and uh, and yeah, one thing I understood at college is like I have four years, and I'm going to get maybe 130 games, and if I want to do things individually on the court that I want to do, I need to play all 130 uh, games, all those opportunities, in order to. Uh, to put up numbers and 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 things like that, that I wanted to put up, and so I I played through those injuries. And this this guy, um, I actually sent him a text the other day. I saw him on the football field, um, but <laughs> at the during the BYU game. But uh, I he he was great. He always got me better the quicker than anyone I've ever been around. JC, you alluded to uh, that you. You had opportunities to try to make an NBA squad. Uh, I know you had a very long, very successful professional career in, in Spain. Uh, but did you did you feel ever feel like that was elusive, not being able to play in the NBA, or do you feel satisfied with the professional career that you were able to accomplish? Honestly, I, I'm I'm very I'm very very satisfied with the career I had. Um, I I really don't look back, and I'm not. And I never, I never have been like, oh man, I feel so, so bummed that I, I never played on an NBA team. That's not, uh, that's not my feeling at all. I feel very fortunate for the professional career I had, and I was probably able to play, um, you know, I, I was able to play more basketball with the route I took. Now, as far as the NBA being elusive, um, look, if I would have came out after Steph Curry. I think there would have been a lot of teams just going crazy for me. He, Steph Curry kind of changed the game. You know, a smaller guy that was really good at shooting three-pointers. And a lot of teams were trying to find other players like that. I came out before Steph Curry. 
and um, you know, I was I was really close, and I, I probably could have been a little more patient. I could have gone to some vet camps with the invites I had and tried to make a roster, but I I was married. I, I had a I had my baby Bella on the way, and um, I just. I tried to find the, the most stable and, and the best opportunities I could throughout my career to be able to take care of my family and, and, and live my dream at the same time. So, no, I don't ever feel uh, like I cheated by not playing in the NBA. What was your most memorable game inside the spectrum? Um, most memorable game, look, I, I got one is the 44-point the outing against uh, New Mexico State. Um, just an awesome game. Um, you know, everything went in. Shot 15 free throws, made 15 free throws. Oof. I think I was 5 for 7 from 3, which means I made a lot of two-pointers. For me, that was a really well-rounded basketball game. You know, another one, uh, we beat Boise State. I remember I made a three-pointer um, to, to kind of give us the lead with, with very little time left. And I remember shooting that ball. And when I left my hands, my thought was, I don't know if that's even going to hit the rim. I don't know if – and it just swished nothing but net. Um, so that was unbelievable. And then I remember beating Nevada. They were ranked 11th or 12th in the country at the time. And uh, we beat them in overtime. Uh, what a – you know, what a win that was. That was that was big time. I think Jeff Fox, he – not Jeff Fox. I've been listening to Jeff Fox for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Fox. Coach Fox, yeah. Um, moved on to Georgia in later years, but uh, he, I think he, he almost got a fight at the ref, got got ejected. What a what a wonderful um, senior year I had. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure we had we sold out every home game my senior year. It was it was unbelievable. That'd be true. Yep. Yeah, it was an incredible season, uh, and uh, definitely every. Every ticket, every penny that anybody would have paid to go see those games got their money's worth. Uh, JC, after um, talking about playing professionally, I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's a very different system in Europe where they have multiple leagues and there's opportunities to kind of play up and move up in these different leagues. And it took you a minute to get to the top level in Europe. But when you were there, you were with uh, Real Madrid, and it, that was consistently one of the top teams. Um, in European basketball, what was that experience like in playing in, at that level? Yeah, absolutely. Look, when I got to Real Madrid, it was, it was a dream come true. It was like this is um, the, be- the best place you can be in Europe. There aren't bigger teams. There aren't better teams. There's no team in Europe that has more more championships, more titles, more European championships around Madrid. So when I got there, you know, that was my like, hey, I've made it. And I'm going to create a career here. So I played 10 years for them. Um, there's no foreigner that's played more games, made more, made th- more three-pointers, and scored more points for Real Madrid than, than I did. And um, I was fortunate that I came in with a new coach. I was 10 years with the same coach. And we had incredible success. Um, you know, we won 20 titles in all in those 10 years, which is unprecedented. It's an era of Real Madrid basketball that's uh, – Going down, you know, it's historic at this point. Again, we're talking to J.C. Carroll, one of the great Aggies in Utah State men's basketball, top five on, I think, everybody's list. Uh, J.C., what was the biggest learning curve from Utah State to Spain? Mm. 
That's a honestly when I got to Spain, it, it was comfortable for me. It's more up tempo type of basketball. I had a coach that we wanted to get points. Um, actually, I take it back. My first coach, he was very kind of coach moralist ish a little bit as far as he really wanted to work on defense and defense was the most important but the awesome thing on the other side of the ball was he just gave me the ball and was like hey go play go get us baskets go get us points so that was that's Pedro Martinez and so that was great two years of Grand Canaria and then I when I went to Madrid it was kind of the opposite I had a coach that for my first seven or eight seasons there was look we're going to score 110 points See if you can score 111 and beat us. And that was that was so much fun. The biggest adjustment when I first got to Europe was just uh, the way they call it traveling. Um, they're a lot more strict on it. They don't they don't like the direct drive. You have to do a crossover step drive mm. or you get called for traveling. And a lot of Americans when they go over there they struggle with that call. But I was able to make the adjustment in the first you know three or four weeks and uh, not really worry about it after that. JC, you as you already said, you you won championships. You won at the highest level, and so you saw the best talent uh, in Europe. We've seen a lot of that talent uh, also spend time in the NBA. Uh, how many guys are in the NBA today that you played against over in Europe? Oh yeah, good question. Honestly, I couldn't put a number on it, but uh, there's there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, the most famous one is Luka Doncic. I mean. This guy was on my team for three years. He, oh my gosh. He was on my team from the, at the end of the from the time he was 16 years old at the end of the bench not playing. You know, three years later the Euroleague MVP, and now you know in his fourth year with the Dallas Mavericks, um, you know, was an MVP candidate every year. So he's the most famous. But you know, Joe Ingles. He I've known Joe for 15 years since I since I left. We trained together in Chicago. We played against each other in Europe. He was at Barcelona, then in Israel, Maccabi Tel Aviv. So, you know, seeing the success he's had with the Jazz is, is a lot of fun to see how he is. You know, the Jazz, they, they also signed Raul, Net, Raul Neto a few years ago. He was on my team. Tibor Pleiss, I played against him for years. FK Udo, the Jazz had, I played against him. So there, there's honestly is a – <laughs> The Antetokounmpo younger brothers that's at, at Milwaukee was when Sam was there. You know he was in Europe. He, I played against him a bunch of times. The Bogdanoviches, um, all these guys came from uh, my leagues. JC, I'm going to remove Sam Merrill from this option. If there's one Aggie that you didn't get to play with that you would have died to play basketball with on the court, who would it be? Look, I'm gonna go way back. It'd be it'd be Wayne Estes. My goodness, I would love to play with that guy. Um, and I'm gonna say Kata. I, I look, I had a seven foot four guy on my team for the last four years. The difference he makes on the court is incredible. And just having that size that Kata had in a college basketball floor, it makes it so much harder for other teams and so much easier for a player like me. So, you know, Kata. I get you're saying guys I didn't play with. Obviously, I love playing with Spencer, Nate Harris, Chris Clark. My goodness, that guy set assist records. Um, you know, his senior year, he was so good at finding guys to score the ball. Um, you know, Jimmy Moore's here in town. He probably would have been a fun guy to play. I, you know, Desmond Penninger's a, a, a legend, but I don't know that he would be that fun to play with. I've heard stories <laughs> about him not being very good at passing. <laughs> so. 
probably not someone I would want to play with much. Um, but, uh, you know, I tend to lean to guys that were very good at rebounding, uh, setting screens, and passing the ball. Those are those are great teammates I love to play with. As long as they're feeding you the rock, then you're, uh, you're good. <laughs> then you're good. We get along real well. <laughs> Hey, JC, in your time um, internationally and uh, and playing basketball overseas, were there times that you came across guys that you played against in the in the WAC or the Big West or uh, or even former teammates? Uh, yes, there were. It was always fun to find people I played against. Uh, former teammates was the most fun. Uh, I played against or I played with Spencer Nelson for one season, oh, which was so a cool. lot of fun. Um, you know, he was the big senior my freshman year, and so in, in that year with Coach Morrill, I couldn't do anything right, but he still like you know, Coach Morrill still liked me making all those three-pointers I made for him, but Spencer Nelson could do no wrong his senior year, so <laughs> then, then to be teammates with him a couple years later professionally was, was a lot of fun, a different perspective on it. Um, you know, other trying to think of people I ran against. I, I ran into you know, Javel McGee as I was running around NBA stuff. Um, Kobe Carl. Um, who else? Just just a bunch of guys. Caleb Green played in Spain for a year or two. Uh, I ran to Spencer Butterfield once. You know, for two games and while we were over in Europe, so it was fun to to see those people. Toughest guy you play against in college? Uh, it was Brandon Roy, honestly. In the, I've heard stories about this. You know, I, I had a good game, honestly. Like, I played well, but playing against Brandon Roy was just another thing. He he always made the right decision. That's the thing that's so impressed me about him. When it needed to be a pass, he made the right pass. When it needed to be a jump shot, he made a jump shot. And then when it was a, a drive, he'd drive. And he's good defensively. So, Brandon Roy's the best player. Uh, one of my favorite games I played was my freshman year against Arizona with Salim Stoudemire, Channing Fry, uh, Shakur. They just had a, they had a squad. And I was playing against legendary coach Lute Olsen. It was, uh, you know, it was a dream come true. It was, it was like, hey, this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, what about professionally? Ooh, professionally, uh, you know, I, the best player I played with was, uh, well, like it was around was Luca. And then, uh, you know, Rudy Fernandez, you're, as a European player, he's just one of the best guys. He's one of the most individually talented people you can play that I've seen around basketball. Um, you know, Andre, Andre Karolinko was in, in Russia. I played against him a couple times. Um, who did I, play? Oh, I played against Pau Gasol last year. You know, he's he's not the, the NBA champion, Pau Gasol. And, you know, he's obviously a little older, but. You can see, like, holy cow, this guy, I, you can see why he was special. I actually um, wanted to ask a follow-up on that. I was going to ask you anyway. Just uh, today, the announcement that he's officially retiring from basketball. Uh, what is that? I mean, you spent a lot of time in Spain. I mean, he's he's Spanish royalty when it comes to basketball. He is. I mean, he's it. He's, in my mind, there's no one that's done more or, or anything in, in, in basketball in Spain than him. So he is. He's a legend. Um, in a in a country that size, everyone knows who he is and uh, and follows him and looks up to him. Plus, he was a good ambassador. He just was a, was a good dude. He'd come around, he talked to people, he was polite. 
Um, so a lot of respect for Pau Gasol. You know, his brother Mark, I think, is along the same lines. Um, but it, when it comes to Spanish basketball players, you know, I played with and against the very best generation of Spanish uh, basketball that there is with the, you know, Juan Carlos Tavares and, and different players that uh, you guys have maybe never heard of. Uh, as successful as your college career was and as highlighted, as decorated as it was, how frustrating was it not to win an NCAA tournament game? It's it's frustrating. It's hard, though. If you take a step back and you realize what we were running into as we went into the NCAA tournament, I mean, we're not going in ever and playing a 6 seed, you know, an 8, 9, or 10 seed. We're always playing a 1, 2, 3, or 4, or 5 seed. And, and those are very good teams and very tough for any team to beat. So, for sure, I would have loved us to gone in and been the Cinderella story, uh, make a run to the Sweet 16, and, and be one of those teams that are written in, in NCAA history as, hey, these guys knocked off the big boys. We just weren't. And I feel, you know, I, I wish we could have. Uh, I feel bad for Coach Morrill. I think uh, if he would have had, you know, a Sweet 16 run, um, something like that. All of a sudden, he's talked about a lot more on the national stage, as you know, um, which is very deserving. Is how good of a coach Coach Morrill actually was. JC, you've uh, you've retired from professional basketball. What are you doing now, and why did you choose to uh, make your home in Cash Valley? Yeah, honestly, Cash Valley wasn't a very difficult choice uh, for us. We we always. We met here in college. Her family's nearby. My family's nearby. <clears throat> it's a college town, so you get all the fun things that come with college towns. You get, you get businesses. You get youth. You get, uh, you know, great athletic events. You get plays. You get, you get culture in a small community. Um, so it was easy to come back to, to Cash Valley. We, we love the people here. We, they always made us feel like we, were, like we were home, like we were from here. And as far as what I'm doing now, you know, I've, I've got a I've got a small ranch where I raise the best beef in the world. I raise full blood Wagyu, which is Kobe beef, um, which I love doing this. It makes me very happy. And um, I'm going to go into uh, the financial world, and I'm going to be a, a financial advisor here in the next few weeks. Uh, I'll get started with that uh, full time. Wow. That is well. Wow. That is awesome. actually that is pretty awesome. Uh, happy for you, JC. Uh, JC, do you have what is your relationship with Utah State University athletics now? Uh, do you? I mean, I, I'm sure you'll be in the the Utah State Athletics Hall of Fame. Do you look forward to that day? Is that something? I, I'm sure. Is that something you maybe think about? Do you care about it? <laughs> look, I think I I think about it because I I'm on Instagram and Facebook and. And I follow Utah State, and I, I saw Kevin Robinson and those guys get inducted this year, and and I thought it was really cool. I think it's a great event. I think it's uh, a wonderful um, accomplishment for for the people that are inducted, and and it's fun to to be a part of something like that. So I'm a, I'm aware of it. Um, as far as Utah State athletics go, uh, since I've been back, I've had a I've had a chance to go golfing with the athletic director and meet him. Uh, the new coach, basketball coach, uh, has been great. He's reached out. He's uh, sent me uh, videos of him watching different European basketball teams and, and highlights of me playing 
uh, overseas and saying this is something I think we'll put in. He's invited me up to practice and said uh, I'm welcome anytime I want to come hang out and watch. So uh, it's it's been good. I I think it's I think it's important and I think it's really cool when uh, uh, coaches, administrators, reach out to former athletes like that and and make us feel. Uh, welcome at Utah State as if we were still uh, players. Well, JC, it's awesome to have you in the area. Uh, tremendous success. Certainly you were a great ambassador for Utah State and a representative of the university well, and uh, your, your tremendous success uh, professionally and fun to have you back in the area again. And uh, thank you for spending some time with us today and reminiscing on some of those past games and, and performances, even if they were some of them a little more harder to relive uh, as uh, AJ asked you about disappointing games, I just wanted to know. <laughs> why you, why you ask a guy about losses? I mean, that's tough because he has so many medals. He's just <laughs> fine. There you go. Well, yeah, it's been fun. Look, bring me back on. Let's talk some more Aggie sports. We can talk Wagyu beef. Um, bring it. Bring you a sample, a small sample, because it's, it's very valuable. Yeah, that's expensive and, stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to. Don't want to just give the whole cow away, but we can hang out and uh, and talk about some stuff. We can do a we can do a live show from my from my ranch and oh my hang gosh. out and, and all kinds of stuff. So um, I'd love to come down to the studio. Sorry, I'm running around with my my boy today. And um, hey, Jagger, say hello. Say hello. Nope, he doesn't want to. But hi, Jagger. Um, <laughs> hi, Jagger. <laughs> we're, we're, so yeah, this has been fun. I'd love to, to to chat anytime. Let's let's do it again, JC. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, thanks. Thanks, JC. It, you know, JC, you leave that door open about having us do a live show at your place. Yeah, that's we'll not a right joke. We're it. taking you up on that. I hope you know that. <laughs> it's uh, it's a sincere offer. I think it would be fun. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see if we can arrange that sometime. But hey, thanks so much for your time. We do sincerely sincerely appreciate it, and uh, have a good rest of your Do're week. Do the best, JC. Thanks. Great, thanks, guys.